0: morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. I apologize for coming on late. I'm having technical challenges this morning. I don't even know if you guys can hear me. Terry, can you hear me through the mic? Somebody out there, tell me. Uh, because uh, sometimes my computer just, like, forgets that I like to use a headset. <laughs> so, Today was one of those days, Uh, but I'm here anyway to share with you all of the great information about astrology coming up for this weekend. So it's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. And I actually have quite a bit to talk about this morning. Uh, I want to review some things that we talked about with Tam on Wednesday. Uh, because some of you weren't, you know, probably in that broadcast, uh, and we were talking a lot about Saturn direct and in uh, Saturn in retrograde. So today I want to kind of compare and contrast the difference uh, between Saturn when he's moving forward versus when he's moving backwards. And then I also want to talk about a couple of transits that are happening for the weekend, and then I want to dive into what is the last gate of the spleen that is triggering shadows and fears for all of us and talk about what it is that we can do about that or what we are here to learn about that but first as always I like to start with where the moon is and this is going to be one of those favorite weekends of mine as the moon is moving out of cancer very early tomorrow morning and into the sign of Leo where we get to have fun we get to play I'll probably be working But I'll still have fun doing that, let's say. (laughs) But it will be time for party and celebration. But until then, all of today and then just after midnight West Coast time, the moon will move out of Cancer and into Leo. So let's talk a little bit about Cancer. So remember first that the moon uh, represents our emotions, our instincts, our inner world, Uh, And our moods right the moon changes signs very quickly uh, changes degrees like every other hour, and uh, it is a fast mover so we kind of equate the moon and the moods of the moon. Uh, as affecting us here on the planet. So we can uh, become more moody, more emotional, more sensitive based on whatever sign that the moon is in. And it's transiting through cancer, the sign it rules. So when we have a planet or the moon or the sun in a sign that they rule, they become more empowered, right? And the expression of that uh, planet becomes more pronounced and in cancer we feel more sensitive it is more uh, we feel more like nurturing or being nurtured and we also can feel more protective we can also feel more defensive if we're looking at the more negative aspects but With the moon in Cancer, we can also feel more of the moods shifting throughout our day. And we might, some of us might be more sensitive and we experience as as mood swings, right, wide swings going from one side to the other. Um, Others, it might just be little blips on the screen, you know, that of your day where you're feeling a, a little more emotional. Now, that emotion doesn't have to be taking us down into the low end either. It can be like joy and bliss and excitement uh, at the other end. It just depends on what the mood is that you're experiencing. And sometimes the moon, when she moves through cancer, draws us backwards in time, gives us this access to nostalgia and somewhat of a need for comfort and security that we might find in going backwards into the past. Right. Sometimes that is what nostalgia is all about. We go backwards to something in our minds that um, felt good to us or a time in our lives where we were very happy. And um, we end up trying to live in the past rather than creating that energy in the now. Um, The moon in Cancer is a time for us to connect with family with your home, with roots, with your foundation, uh, as well as to express your feelings for others, to care for others, that type of thing, being sort of the mothering figure, but without smothering, right? We don't want the smother mother. Uh, The moon in Cancer also gives us better access sometimes to our intuition or our instincts. Our inner self is very uh, activated when the moon is in Cancer. It is also... Uh, possible that it heightens our imagination and we can be it's a water sign right cancer is a water sign and it sometimes helps us to flow with the information stream coming from the unseen realm or from the imagination and it does make us it tends to make us more receptive to information coming in or uh, more receptive to um, what other people are talking about more compassionate, more empathic, but also more creative. This is a sign of creativity. So we need to be careful of a couple things because with cancer there's always the possibility that we'll become too clingy or too dependent or defensive, right? Some, there's some a heightened sense of sensitivity or a heightened sensitivity. And so things that people say, or things that people do, can trigger us in ways that we aren't always triggered by. So we can feel or easily hurt or threatened by people's words or their actions toward us. So watch for that. Just remember, this is moods, and moods shift and change throughout the day. And we are not... uh, victims of those moods, right? We can always choose to move through the mood and come out on the other side. So if you get yourself into a low wave of uh, your energy of emotion, then change up your environment, change what you're doing, uh, purposely take your, your mind and move it in a different direction so that you can change your mood, right? You don't have to be stuck in the low wave, All right. so let's say good morning to people checking in with us this morning. Thank you, Terry, for letting everybody know I was having technical challenges. Christine Buckingham, good morning to you. And Tom, uh, I can hear you but speak up. Ooh, does that mean my volume is too low? Uh, Let me see if I can. I almost hate to do anything with my sound. Oops, I'm going down, not up. Now, can you hear me better, Tom? Let me know. And uh, anyway, Teddy, good to see you out there this morning and all of you from behind the scenes that I can't see who you are. Welcome to the morning show. All right, so... um, I want to talk a little bit more about Saturn. Today, of course, remember Saturn turns direct and he's turning direct at 1021 or something like that this evening, Pacific time. So it'll be actually early tomorrow morning when he changes. But literally, I have been feeling this all week. And partly, you guys might have too, partly that's because he had already arrived at the degree that he would station direct at. Right. So he's been in retrograde since like May 23rd. Uh, So we've been, you know, on this inner circuit, if you will, of changes, getting ready for transformation that would show up in the outer world. Now, Saturn is the planet of karma, of discipline, responsibility. And he's, you know, involved with a form and structure and boundaries and he is a, a planet that really rewards our moving forward with a plan, um, moving forward deliberately, and doing the work, right? He is a planet of doing the work, right? We cannot get away with just, you know, not doing anything when it comes to Saturn. So he also represents the limits that we have, boundaries, right? And will often seek to... The energies will pull us back into some form of boundary if we've gone too far. So it's interesting because we have Jupiter, the planet of growth and optimism and expansion, and then there's Saturn, the planet of constriction, of boundaries and limits. Now, when Saturn is direct... So where he is turning today or tonight is into direct motion. It um, is a time where we're starting to move forward. And uh, in the perspective, from the perspective here on the earth, um, he's moving forward. It doesn't really mean he is, right? He's always moving on his axis and moving around the elliptic plane. that Nothing really changes fundamentally in the physical But from our perspective here on Earth, we experience it differently because the difference in the speed of the two planets. So when Saturn is direct, he's moving forward in his orbit around the sun and its influence, his influence, Saturn's influence is more straightforward, uh, more clear, perhaps, more direct. And when Saturn is retrograde, the opposite is true. He's moving from our perspective on Earth backwards through um, the Zodiac. And it's his influence then is more subtle, maybe more complex even because it's all inner stuff, right? It's, we're dealing with a lot of the inner things. So... Now that Saturn is turning direct, it'll be time for us to work on building our foundations once more, the outer expression of our foundations, setting goals, achieving our ambitions, right? You have to have a goal or a dream or an ambition in order to take the steps forward that Saturn will be propelling us to do. And it's a perfect time for this, right? Because we're also coming out of this shadow period of time uh, with the uh, sun having moved through or finishing his movements through all of the gates of the spleen that trigger fear and possibly paralysis in our lives. And Saturn now moving direct is kind of giving us this uh, okay, approval, permission slip, if you will, to move forward. And what we can do now is face reality. You know, Saturn is real. He he appreciates the down-to-earth reality, right? Not He's not given to flights of fancy. He is not given to the woo-woo side of life. He is more about if I can see it, feel it, taste it, touch it, it exists, right? It's the plain speaking kind of planet. So now we can face reality with some, you know, organization perhaps or pragmatism, the very practicality that Saturn really thrives on. And then we can also find ourselves overcoming obstacles that have been placed like all summer. I swear to God, I had obstacles, obstacles everywhere. And this occurred to me uh, Wednesday morning when I was uh, with Tam. I'm like, oh, now suddenly all these things makes sense, right? It seems like things had been like pulling teeth and slogging through mud all summer long or getting diverted, uh, you know, into other things. And then suddenly this week, I was like, wow, I feel like I can move forward again. Funny thing, right? We're already sensing the movement of this planet. And with patience and perseverance now, we can really move those obstacles away or go over them. Go under them, go around them, just kick them away, whatever it is that we want to do. Time to do that very thing. So, anything that, and, and remember this Saturn is in Pisces, and Pisces is a sign that is often drudged up by fear. And the fear is that of um, being a victim of something, being somebody else's, being the victim of somebody else, being the victim of circumstance. And sometimes on the other end of that, we are in martyrdom, right? It's that axis of victimization. And uh, I think, you know, sometimes when Saturn is retrograde, what's happening is all the places where we are still playing the victim role, at least when he's retrograde in Pisces. All of the places where we have been playing the victim, where we haven't been claiming our power, are the things that are up in our faces, right? They're there. And we might feel very um upset by these very blocks that have been in our way. And now that he's moving direct, suddenly we can pull up some endurance and we you know, we can really like like bootstrap ourselves and get moving in the right direction. Now, Saturn also helps us establish order and stability and security in our lives. So places that for the previous four and a half, five months have felt sort of out of your control or unstable, now might start to get some feet or legs underneath it and feel a little bit more stable or you'll find more stability in your life. So That's an important thing for all of us. And so everybody who has their astrology chart, take a look at where Pisces is in your chart, because this is where this energy is shifting for you. And, you know, that area of your life represented by the house is what needed strengthening. So you might have had issues, challenges going on uh, while Saturn was retrograde in that house. And now that will shift into possibilities of moving past, beyond the obstacles and the things that had been tripping you up. So good timing, right? Good timing. Uh, let's see. Good morning to Amy. And it's good to have you with us. Now, um, the, there are two transits. That are happening. Oh, today and tomorrow, and they're kind of saddlebacked with one another because they tend to overlap. They're not just like today. There's this one, and tomorrow there's that one, and yesterday there was another one. They sort of overlap one another, and the one that is happening today is important because it takes us into love energy. This is the transiting Venus in the sign of Virgo in an opposition to neptune in pisces so it also kind of has a saturnian feel here because saturn and neptune are at opposite ends they're book ending basically the sign of pisces right now and neptune being very powerful because he is the planetary ruler of pisces and saturn feeling a little bit fishy here because this is not a sign that he really enjoys right he likes boundaries and pisces has no boundaries right so it's kind of interesting Now, the Venus, any opposition, and this is Venus opposing Neptune, can be sort of challenging, right? Oppositions are a call for us to integrate or balance opposing sides of an issue or sides of ourselves, personality or what have you. And when we have this opposition occurring in the sign of Pisces, it can bring confusion, it can bring up deception and disillusionment in matters of love in particular, but also matters of value, self-worth, your values, and beauty as well, right? Interesting Neptune, a little factoid, because sometimes I just have all these factoids. Um, Neptune is the planetary ruler of glamour. So when we think of the glitz and the glamour of Hollywood, that is Neptunian, Neptune rules glamour, glimmer, all of that kind of thing, because it's a facade, right? It's a facade. So, Venus being in the very practical Virgoan territory, who's more analytical uh, analytical and discerning in this sign, while Neptune in dreamy, altruistic, idealistic, compassionate Pisces means that we have a tendency to either over idealize our relationships. Or overly criticize the people and the things that we value, uh, without seeing them for what they really are. And on the other hand, it can be quite a slam dunk when suddenly um, what you have over-idealized is is revealed to be something completely different than what you thought it was. Right. So everything about this Venus um, opposing Neptune. Seems to be a call to bring in more love, kind of a dose of realism, even. We have to watch out for unrealistic expectations, for disappointment, for betrayals, that type of thing. So it's going to be really important for these next couple of days to be honest, to be trustworthy, to be realistic, to be grounded in your relationships, to be grounded in your self worth right, to see yourself in your true intrinsic value and not pin value on yourself based on what you do or what you have, because all of those things are glimmers, right, or glamours or Neptunian facades, okay? So we should be careful not to lose ourselves as well into fantasies, those Neptunian delusions uh, or escapism, but rather to seek connection one another in a truly spiritual way, right? With true love, with um, empathy and compassion, with a spiritual nature and living from the truth of our higher selves rather than just what we see and experience here on the physical planet. Now, so that's happening. That's actually today. But you can almost guess it was in play yesterday, at least today and likely tomorrow, maybe even into Sunday. We'll have to see, you know, it depends on how uh, Venus is set up in your own chart, what planets she might be interacting with as she's transiting through Virgo. And on the other hand, what planets Neptune might be uh, enhancing or triggering in your chart in the sign of Pisces. So it could be experienced a little differently for each person, depending on how your own chart is set up. In fact, some people may not even notice. This could be just a blip on the screen because it really isn't impacting anything of importance in your uh, life as seen through your chart now tomorrow we have transiting mercury in scorpio in an opposition to uranus in taurus So this is a powerful astrological configuration. It brings the mind and our communication into connection with the planet of surprises and unexpectedness with uh, aha moments, right? Um, There can be sudden changes in our mind level, sudden insights, um, revelations, right? Something that's been dogging us suddenly, boom, we've got the answer. The solution becomes uh, apparent. But this transit can also challenge our fixed beliefs and patterns. And anybody who out there has a um, fixed or certainty, uh, what do you call it, a defined ashna in your human design, this can be a time where those beliefs and certainties that you've, those truths that you've held self-evident are going to be challenged, right? Because what is truth? And truth is actually in the eyes of the beholder. So it could be different um, for everybody here. But it's also going to for- force us to, force all of you actually, to confront the truth that's the real truth, the one that lies beneath the surface, right? We see something on the outside, like a crust, right? But when you peel back that crust, that truth that you've believed all along, inside is the real truth, Right? So we may experience unexpected news or shocks, that's always possible, but it can also be surprises, positive surprises or breakthrough moments that uh, alter our perspective uh, or our direction in life, right? I, I share sometimes this story back oh, back in 2003, perhaps, 2004, sitting at a park in uh, during a July 4th celebration in the town that I lived in and uh, watching the kids they they were young and they were on the playground playing and uh, my friend was sitting next to me and she went off to the restroom by the time she came back I had rearranged our entire lives I had had this very powerful breakthrough aha moment and the my metaphysical journey was born right then, sitting on the playground, and all I had was a little ATM receipt um, to write on. So it was an amazing breakthrough aha moment. And I'm not saying that every one of us is going to have that level of breakthrough where it literally changes you to, you know, changes your life direction or your trajectory, but it's possible. It's definitely possible. And there are a host of other minor aha moments that can come up, right? Like, oh, now I know what the problem is with that. And all I got to do is this little twist and boom, it works. Things like that can happen. But we can also feel more restless during this time. Mercury and Uranus, when they come together like this, can kind of trigger our worry mechanisms or our anxiety mechanisms. So just being aware that you know if you're suddenly feeling anxious or restless or kind of at ill at ease with yourself, that it's likely this transit, and it's a call for you to do something more. You know what Uranus craves is freedom and excitement. So maybe go out and do something that you wouldn't normally do, right? And um, play to a little bit of that freedom loving, of that exciting loving, excitement loving uh, Uranus. One of the things that happens when we do that is that we get out of our heads, right? We stop thinking, getting stuck in those endless patterns of worry and blah, 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 you know, the things that keep you up at night. So this weekend will be a time for us to be more flexible, to be more uh, willing to do things differently, to think differently, to be more open-minded and to be ready for anything, right? That's what I always think of with Uranus and any planet is be prepared for the unexpected, right? Expect the unexpected, right? Unexpected good can also be unexpected that we don't necessarily like, but remember this, this combination of planets is working in your favor to relieve you of any place where you are not free, right? That is the whole liberation is the is the key and the liberation here is in any places in your mind where you are stuck in fact when when we there there are planets like venus and neptune they are high venus is the octave of love here on the practical physical realm and neptune is love in the higher realm so neptune being a higher octave if you will of venus Well, the same is true for Mercury and Uranus. Mercury rules the mind at the level of the physical body and how we express the mind and consciousness on the planet, where Uranus rules the mind, but the mind that is connected to the higher source, to the inspiration that can come from, you know, living in alignment with source. So we have, you know, a higher octave then of the mind, the higher mind in and it being activated during this time period so interesting that back to back these transits are triggering the lower and the higher octaves and i don't mean lower and higher in terms of a hierarchy right just the let's think of it as the earthly expression and the more spiritual expression of venus and neptune and then mercury and uranus all right any questions, let me know. Let's see. Go back here. Brittany, good morning to you. Terry Strauss, good morning to you. Happy Friday. And yes, that's right. We all fall back this weekend. We fall back to, what is that, daylight or no, standard time. But you know what I like about it? And I was just telling Terry this this morning. It was 730 and I look outside and it's still freaking dark. And I'm like, yeah. That makes things, it just gets so much harder to get going. But the minute we move back an hour, what was 7.30 this morning will be 6.30. And that feels better to be dark at 6.30 a.m. as opposed to 7.30 (laughs) a.m. So at least for the next few weeks until we get closer to the winter solstice, we'll have a little more light in the morning. Uh, To me, that is helpful getting up and getting moving and getting excited for my day. All right. That's just my two cents. Uh, but I can tell you, I do not like the idea of going back and forth time-wise. Just boggles the mind. Just pick one. My choice is pick standard time because daylight savings time brings too much darkness in the mornings of winter when we really need to have more light. Uh, the kids, that means, are going to school in the dark. And for us in the upper third of the country, um, that means the kids are going to school in the dark. And the light doesn't come until 8 or 9. Yeek. So standard time is helpful for more light in the morning, even if it does get darker earlier in the day. Uh, Okay, Brittany, uh, deconditioning, witness the experiences. I'm not sure what you're referring to, but I totally get it. Uh, Tom says, I haven't got one. It's at In-Laws. They have an inverted, I don't know what you're talking about, squirrely stuff. Um, Oh, that's a conversation between Terry (laughs) I'm sorry to bring that up. That is not what we needed right now. Uh, okay, let's go on. Uh, we talked about Saturn retrograde. We've talked about Saturn direct and we've talked about the planetary transits and where the moon is, but now I want to go to what the real uh, message is of the day. And I'm going to try something here, y'all. Something new that I was, I found out about, um, Today, we're going to talk about what I really wanted to talk about was the last gate of the spleen center that the sun is moving through. Um, And actually, you know, it, it started on Halloween and doesn't end until tomorrow or the fifth, so Sunday. So we've already been in this energy, but I just haven't had an opportunity to talk to everybody about it. And what I'm talking about is the sun moving through the gate 44, which is on the spleen center while the earth is moving through the gate 24, which is on the Ajna, which is the second center down in your human design. Now, anytime we talk about human design gates, anytime we talk about a sign, anytime we talk about a planet, there is always the higher expression of that energy and the lower expression of that energy. So all gates, all planets, all signs, everything always has a high expression and a low expression. Sometimes we are expressing it in the shadow energy. Sometimes we're expressing it in the highest of its possibilities. So while the spleen itself is a center of survival and pressure to, it's an awareness of what we need to do to survive. And All of the gates on the spleen we think of as potential fear gates, paralysis points. It doesn't mean by any stretch of the imagination that fear only lives in the spleen. But when the sun is moving through the spleen, we have an exquisite time to be able to move through certain fears and shadows that are triggering us collectively. Now you may or not you may or may not be triggered individually, because that really depends again on how your spleen is defined. Um, but you may actually find yourself very triggered because of the way that your human design is uh, is put together. So it's important to talk about this. So let's look at the higher frequency of the gate forty four. So this represents the energy of embracing forgiveness in the biggest sense of the word, right? Forgiving. And what is the word forgiving all about? What is forgiveness? It is the suspension of judgment about what was done, what was said, the mistake you made, the mistakes other people made against you, etc. You stop judging it as good or bad, right or wrong. It doesn't mean that what the other person did or said was okay or what you said or did was okay. It just means I'm going to stop judging it. Forgiveness, right? Stop judging. And then in forgiveness, we can sort of glean, pull out the insights from the things that we have been blaming ourselves for that happened in the past. So in the highest and best of this energy, we are forgiving ourselves, forgiving the past, forgiving others, i.e. letting it go. Okay. The fear here, if we look at the the shadow here, this is where we dredge up the past, where we keep, you know, this baggage on our backs that we don't want to let go of. And, and as any new thing happens in our lives, we reach into that bag and we pull out the shame, the blame, the guilt that from the experience that happened in the past. And we apply it to the now. And then it becomes predictive. You know, I predict that because I see this XYZ that happened 10 years ago and that led to a breakup in my relationship, that means this breakup or this relationship is on its way to a breakup because I'm applying the past to the present and predicting the future. Now, while the 44 possesses some primal wisdom here, recognizing that each moment Even the memories that we have harbor the capacity for us to heal, and that leads us to personal transformation. It still is a call for us to forgive, right? I can look very much at the things I've done in the past, and hopefully now with some insight, you can become more objective about it. You can see what the learning lesson was what the rightness was of that experience and what you'd gleaned from it, what you took away, what was my takeaway from that experience. And then armed with this insight, I can go, I can move away from reenacting those painful experiences. Recurring patterns of the past are things that we are doing to ourselves And every one of them is a call for you to heal something, like you left a little breadcrumb back here that you didn't quite finish the healing process with. So pick up the stitch, right? Pick up the pieces there. Heal them by letting the past go, by forgiveness, right? So everything about the gate 44 then is about patterns, right? This is in the logic sequence, by the way, in your human design. And logic is really about the recognition of patterns, how patterns repeat themselves. And with that repeating pattern, our ability to predict the future, right? But it is only one way of knowing. And it isn't by any means the, the most important way that we know anything, right? N- knowing anything. So if the patterns are repeating, the call for us is for growth. And growth happens when we apply forgiveness and transform the errors, the grievances of the past into a blank slate that then we can write upon for the future in the now. Right? We get to rewrite the slate nobody is faulting you more than you fault yourself it is we can this is where some of the sayings like we are our own worst enemies or the fact that we need to become our own best friends comes from from this tendency for us to hold on to this baggage and to move forward and you know we're not doing this um arbitrarily, on a very subconscious level, we're protecting ourselves. We're protecting our tender heart from being rebroken. And that's what happens when we bring the baggage of the past forward, right? We're, we're seeing this pattern. Oh, last time I got my heart broken. I don't want that again. So I'm going to do things to protect myself. And that might mean jumping out of the relationship, even though nothing has happened to really cause that. Right? Or you can apply this to any place actually in your life. All right. So in the lower frequency, then the energy of the gate 44 is the embodiment of apprehension, of fear, of nervousness, of what the repetition of these patterns might bring to you. Okay. And then we use those fears as a rationale for being stagnant for not moving or for not staying in something depending again on the situation um the internal resistance puts a lot of uh pressure on us right it does put a lot of mental pressure even though we're talking the spleen the spleen talks to the mind right it tells the mind there's a fear here (laughs) what are you going to do about it you better think your way out of this right um So resistance then can even hinder our ability to transform the fear or to learn from the mistake or to have any sort of growth that occurs based on what we have experienced in the past. So the most crucial step in for all of us, In raising the vibration of this transit, you know, or experiencing the transit of the sun uh, at 44 is to approach your past mistakes with curiosity, with compassion, with an open mind, with forgiveness. Let's say that again, because there's a lot of valuable lessons that live in your past. But if you drag them up as a way to berate yourself, besmirch your character, um, beat yourself up, then you're losing the valuable lesson because you're just keeping the past alive. We don't want to keep the past alive. We don't want to kill it either. We just want to learn from it. We want to go, oh, yeah, that is the best way for me to have handled this XYZ thing, right? And above all, refuse to allow fears stemming from the past or from previous errors to stop you on your path forward. Don't let it stall your forward momentum. Fear is fear. And it is a call from the inner part of you, actually, to move in that direction right? Because there's something valuable there for you to transform. In human design, we are always saying things like, feel the fear and do it anyway. And by the way, there is a difference between those kinds of fears and mortal fear, right? When you're in mortal danger, right? You're very well equipped to handle that too. Fight, flight, freeze. But the other things that we're afraid of, public speaking or of... Um, heights or uh that i the past will repeat itself or inadequacy or any of the judgment any of those fears are false evidence appearing real the acronym for fear they're not real like you're not going to die if you get up in front of an audience and speak your truth right if that was true people would be dying all over the place on stage (laughs) it doesn't happen right it just doesn't happen so when you face that fear and you do it anyway you do the public speaking or you do that hike up the hills then you are transforming the fear and likely you begin this process of healing your fear and embark on this path of personal growth right I remember back in 2013 when I first started doing broadcasts, how scared I was, right? I'm like, oh, I'm going to just freeze up. I'm not going to know what to say or people aren't going to want to listen to me. And they're just on and on and on, right? On and on and on. But I faced it and I did it anyway. Then I felt the same fear when we moved from podcast radio kind of uh, stuff to video. I was like, oh, no, like, I don't want to be seen. It's easier when you're not seen. But I had to face that fear and I did it. And here I am today, seven, 450, 600, something like that videos. It's amazing, right? So we can move through these fears and that's what this is all about. Now, that means this is time for renewal. In a very great way, this is how we can renew ourselves and our um our life purposes when we choose to move through the fear so remember this too that this is the spleen center and the spleen center is very intuitive it's instinctual energy right so this is a time for us to really um get into our instinctual self your gut will tell you the truth if you listen Right. Now, that's different, of course, than making decisions in your life. Right. I don't want my human design students to get upset here because what I'm saying is every one of us has uh, the ability to interact with our intuition and our inner voice or our gut instinct. But that's different than our authority in human design that is uh, splenic or in some cases emotional right? So don't get those mixed up. We all have access to that inner knowing. So we are challenged by this transit to listen to our inner self and then um, act on them even if we are facing fear. But you take action and make decisions based on your authority. Got to put that out there. (laughs) So it's a time to embrace change, in other words, and to really innovate yourself, right? Reinvent um, and innovate. Let go of what no longer serves you. Fear really no longer serves you. Not those kinds of fears anyway. Now, if you're walking down a dark alley in downtown some big city USA, you may fear that prickle that you're feeling on the back of your neck is justified. That's fear you want to listen to. But the fear of the other things that, you know, might go wrong, uh, the past haunting us, the future haunting us, those things are false right? They're just based on experiences that you've maybe had in the past. And it's a call. The fear is a call from your soul to transform, to heal, to release, okay? Now, of course, the sun at gate 44 isn't the only part of the story because we also have the earth, right? They, they work in a team. The sun and earth are a team. And the earth being the more practical, grounded expression energy, right? Because we are feet on the ground here on Earth. So it often is the planet that is going to describe what we move through in order to get to the higher frequency of the sun. Okay, I hope that makes sense. If you have any questions about that, let me know. Now the Earth is currently transiting gate 24, which sits up on the Ajna and moves up to the middle from the middle to the uh, gate 61. So 24 to 61 up in the head center. And the gate 24 in traditional human design is called the gate of rationalization. And in quantum human design, which I kind of lean to in this gate anyway, is called blessings. And I really love this. This gate is also a part of the logical circuit, So we're dealing with the logical mind still. And it represents the process of our finding meaning and coherence in the experiences that we have. It is a very experiential kind of energy. And when the Earth is in this gate, we may feel pressure to make sense of what is happening in our lives, what is happening in the world around us, and sometimes that can also be a trigger to fear to our survival energies, right? Because they are they are opposing gates uh, in human design. They work as a team. This is a team effort. So feeling the pressure. Um, and then our next steps is often to rationalize away what we're feeling or rationalize why we're not doing X, Y, Z, or why we're doing it this way instead of the the this other way. So yeah, it could be a gate where we rationalize away everything that we are feeling, the reasons why we are doing or not doing, such as the case may be. Now, we may also feel the need here in this to share our insights and our conclusions of things, our truths, our rationalizations, we wanna share them with others. Um, Or what really can happen here is that we end up challenging other people's viewpoints because they differ from our own. It's not like we just enhance everybody's, you know, different thinking. Nope, instead we choose a battle. We, We kind of start the battle process. So the thing is, in this gate, there's also this potential for distortion of the information, right? Again, depending on how the head and Ajna are defined in your own human design, you can be inspired by something and it's moving openly through the open head center, let's say. And it comes, boom, right into your defined Ajna, which is defined to the throat. And now I'm speaking about what I'm thinking irregardless of whether it's true or not. Now, sometimes that's okay. But when the earth is sitting at this gate, sometimes what we're saying is a stream of thought or a rationalization that really hasn't been put to the test. So we want to be very careful about how we're transmitting information to people. But, um, and there's also self-deception, but that's the other thing, the other word that I wanted to bring up. Like where, you know, how how are you deceiving yourself about the experiences that you've had? In the main positive expression of this gate, what we have is um, the blessings in those experiences. So yeah, we've been through trauma, we've been through drama, we've been through breakups, we've screwed up royally. And we, if we keep, reframing that experience in those tones and those words, then we keep that alive. We keep that negative field alive. What the gate 24 suggests we do is instead find the blessing in the experience, right? Find the blessing in that trauma, in that drama, in that mistake that you made, in that a uh, way that you were hurt by someone else what did it bring to you what wisdom did you gain by living through the challenge or the experience right so don't let the rationalizing be the reason why you avoid facing the truth right or to justify why you don't like that person or to justify the mistake that you made there is no justification it happened Either learn from it and move forward or risk holding on to it and let it keep informing you all of the days of your life, right? Stuck in a loop of mental analysis, reanalysis, repeating the same thoughts over and over and over, creating anxiety, creating stress, creating pressure, and then eventually affecting your physical body. Right, affecting your physical body in a way that isn't positive, (laughs) leading to frustration, anger, confusion, exhaustion. Right, exhaustion. So, the challenge of the gate 24 then is to be open to new perspectives, to accept the mystery and the uncertainties that we face in this life, uh, and to face the uncertainties in maybe what the challenge was of something that's happened in the past. Use your mind as a logic of the mind as a tool, but not the ultimate authority in uh, what happened and what to do, etc. There is n- there's no energy in the mind for making decisions. It is only awareness that we have there. It is not a motor in the human design right? The energetic template shows the Ajna, where the gate 24 is, to only be an awareness center. It shows us that the mind's a tool, a tool for thinking, analyzing, comparing, and contrasting pros and cons and all of that. But we don't make a decision from the mind because it's only awareness. There's no power in it to do anything. So when we have, when you have a human design reading. Or if you study human design on your own, you'll find that your authority and your strategy uh, based on your type really move you into the lower energy centers of the body. That is where we make decisions from. That is where power and energy are. So put the mind in its proper place, right? Yeah. Think all you want. I can't stop you from thinking. I can't even stop myself from thinking for God's sake. So think, just don't act from the thoughts, right? Now we can also learn to trust our intuition here because the earth is sitting in the Ajna, but the sun is sitting on the spleen center. That's where gut instinct and intuition is. We can use that as our inner guidance, which can offer us the a more holistic, holistic way of understanding our reality, our situation, the next steps, what have you. And then by doing this, we can align ourselves with the natural flow of life (laughs) and discover new possibilities, discover new solutions to old problems, and then experience the blessings in the experiences that we have had. Not blaming, shaming, faulting ourselves for all the experiences, all the mistakes, right? Think about how exhausting that would be to consistently and constantly be berating yourself for things you didn't do in the past, things you didn't say, things you said, things you did. Is it any wonder sometimes we're just so crammed in our heads that we don't have clear thinking? All right. So questions, anybody? um saturn sitting right on top my natal south nodes the mickey mouse ear hat please so let's talk about that so what tom is talking about is that um his natal south node must be at about zero degrees of pisces so saturn discipline responsibility sitting on top of the pressuring him even to Let go of the past because the South Node is the past, right? The South, this is a often if I see this going on in somebody's chart, and Tom, I'm so sorry I didn't see this going on in your chart, it can also be a call to release energies from past lives, right? The South Node holds all of the experiences of all your lifetimes, uh, all your gifts and all your talents, and It is an invitation by Saturn in this case, because he's the one that's triggering your south node, Tom, to move to the north node and experience it more in the practical Virgoan way, because that must mean your north node sits at about zero-ish of Virgo, right? And Virgo is always an invitation to sort of purify and to release the toxins, to release the victim energy. So let go of the victim-y stuff. And become the clear channel for the earthly expression of love, of whatever it is. What house is that for you? I think it must be your first and your seventh house. um, Because I think you have a Virgo rising sign. So this would help you clean up your relationships to help you feel more grounded and loving and compassionate and loved and... um, accepted in your relationships if you let go of the past, right? And now that Saturn is moving direct, this becomes much easier. He's going to gain steam here and he's going to be moving forward um, into more fully into that seventh house, giving you access to a better idea of uh, the truth of love in a relationship, in a marriage, right? That kind of thing. Love it, love it, love it. I hope that answers your question. Uh, And yesterday you spoke for three hours straight, no water, no pee break. Yeah, I don't know how I did that. I know how I did that, Tom, because I have all four motors defined. So when one motor starts to lag, I'll just pull up the other motor and I can do it and do it and do it. What I don't want to do is that consistently every day, five days a week, seven days a week, because then I could lead to burnout. (laughs) But yesterday... I was doing just fine, uh, I did have water because I always have my water sitting here, and I can take you know sips of water behind the scenes when I'm doing a class like that. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. Now, I think I can't even believe that I got that far that fast in the broadcast. So, I'm going to do a couple of card readings right now for us for the weekend. And maybe even, you know, sending out to the universe that we want to know more about what Saturn in direct motion might bring for us. Okay. So, let me clear the way for these cards to come up. If anybody has a suggestion for a deck they'd like me to use, I am totally open. but I think I do because, you know, pretty soon Halloween and all that is going to be a thing of the past. It is kind of already. Uh, let's do a Halloween deck, right? The Halloween Oracle. And this is a deck by Stacy DeMarco. And it's called the Halloween Oracle. And the cards are lovely. And the message is, you know, it's the time of year where the darkness is, you know, coming into the light. So these cards kind of bring the shine the light on that darkness. It's very 12th house ish, I think, shining a light. And what I get is skull of flowers, creating through the ashes. And isn't that beautiful? That's actually the cover of the Halloween Oracle. And Pretty pretty, kind of reminds me of what they do in some of the uh, Latin American countries, El Dia de los Muertos, where the skulls are all decorated and uh, kind of beautified. Uh, let's see, skull of flowers. What does it say? Oh, there's different skulls, by the way. There's skull of darkness, skull of flowers, skull of light, skull of stars, and then spider. But skull of flowers says this. To blossom and bloom the work must be done through fire and ashes our fortune it comes before flowers are born they are sweet buds on a plant that came from a smaller form like a seed or a bulb the seed needs prepared nourishing soil to grow to its potential some plants and trees only seed after fire or a period of extreme adversity like drought or flood sometimes we wish for a life different from the one we have and that can mean radical change sometimes to have that new life everything falls apart to make it so and that can be uncomfortable we may lose our relationships or they may change we might lose a job or have to move house or become ill all big events that lead to a reassessment of the how of our life the skull of flowers illustrates that there is a sureness and yet a rawness to creating again to starting afresh sometimes the universe gives us a blank slate to work from when we've released the past, we have a blank slate. Woohoo! The uh, so a blank slate to work from, so we can build what we really want, rather than just settling for less. The skull of flowers celebrates not just a kind of phoenix energy, but an energy of success and full bloom through adversity. Skull of flowers. Gotta love that one. Kind of goes along with what we were talking about here today too. All right. Nobody made any um, requests. So I'm going to go to our, mm, where did you go? Here we go. I'm going to go to the Dream Weavers deck uh, or the Dream Weavers Oracle. Also by, uh, no, this one is by Colette Baron reed This other one was Stephanie DeMarco, Stacy DeMarco, not Stephanie <laughs> sorry okay let's see what the dream weavers have to say for us and again this is about the weekend's energy what saturn direct is teaching us i thought i had a card there and we get (laughs) how ironic is this card number 44 Remember the whole thing about the sun at gate 44. And it says, weavers know that all is God. Weavers know that all is God. Card number 44. Can't make this stuff up. Just love it when these things happen. So 44 says, The essential meaning of this card is the conscious universe is the source of supply. Spirit is fundamental to life. The mystical is the primary reality. The weavers know that all is God. Do you? This is a profound, magical time in your life, and it's important that you recognize your relationship with your higher power as essential and primary. Consider all the gifts of your existence. When you breathe, ask yourself, who is breathing you? What force moves through you animating you and those you love the universe is the spark of life within you and nature in in you is true magic connecting you to the web of all creation, each strand woven on your behalf is pure consciousness, right now you're being asked to remember this and to feel what that means to you. Every single thing in your life is sacred and infused with the power of spirit, God, the conscious universe. Even your difficulties are infused with the sacred and are always beckoning you to remember who you truly are, an immortal spiritual being having a mortal human experience. Can you see right now that whatever you're asking about has divinity sparkling through it? Treat the subject of your query with reverence and step into the sacred dance. You cannot go wrong. You're meant to have this experience right now. Step out of fear and step into the light, right? Step into the dance. All right. Perfect. That's a wonderful card. Um, okay. Okay. That is it for me. I hope all of you have a wonderful weekend. I will see you on Monday morning and we'll talk about the energies of next week, which are a little more interesting, I think, (laughs) Uh, as a couple of planets changing direction or changing signs. So it gives an injection of new energy. So we'll talk about that on Monday. All right, everybody. Blessings. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom, Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.